Welcome to Floods of Justice in Franklin Community Church. Today we are talking about forgiving one another. The next in the series, a timely message for myself, probably for a lot of us. We'll be right back. If you have your Bibles, open them to Amos chapter 5. And I want to read verse 24, where the prophet Amos says, I want to see a mighty flood of justice, justice, justice. Floods of Justice podcast looks at the issues of our day from a biblical perspective without the labels. Led by Reverend Dr. Kevin Riggs, affectionately known as Pastor Kevin or Rev Kev, he is the senior pastor of Franklin Community Church and founder of Franklin Community Development in Franklin, Tennessee. He is also a published author, teacher, professor, activist, abolitionist, husband, father, grandfather, scuba diver, and coffee connoisseur, which is why this podcast is brought to you from the coffee house at Second and Bridge in downtown Franklin. Let's begin the conversation. Good morning and happy Sunday to Franklin Community Church, all of those joining us online, YouTube, Facebook, uh, via the podcast and Floods of Justice. Welcome to our next in line, the series of uh, the one another statements. How are, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah? Yeah, doing good. It's, uh, this is kind of becoming normal some way uh, to come here and, uh, and record this. Uh, so... One of these days we'll be back together live, but uh, uh, but right now I hope this is is uh, meeting a need and and keeping us connected somewhat. So uh, so things are good uh, from that. Well, I'm enjoying the private mentorship that's going <laughs> on here, so I appreciate you. <laughs> well, my my wife and I for years I've joked around that um, no matter what happens during the week, I mean it doesn't matter if it's a snow day, if it's a hurricane, if it's a tornado, if it's a flood. No matter what happens on a week, Sunday always comes, and so I have to be ready to preach. Yeah. And uh, and so now I've I've said I told her the other night we were joking around. I said it doesn't matter what goes on during the week. Friday always comes. <laughs> right. So I've had to move uh, move that back, get everything ready for Friday, uh, so that uh, we can get stuff done for Sunday. And I want to thank thank you and Brad and Jessica for um, helping us out uh, with the with all of this. It couldn't be done without you. So. Uh, so I appreciate. So everybody watching, give them a golf clap uh, for uh, <laughs> for all. There. I also want to say that today is Mother's Day, and uh, so Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Uh, our tradition is usually to give you a Hershey's candy bar. Uh, of course, we can't do that. I am going to give you one on the screen so you can look at it. And uh, I also, I need somebody, maybe all of you, um, to buy a Hershey's candy bar and send it to Samantha. So she'll get off my back for not having uh, Hershey's candy bars for this Sunday. So, so if you see her this week, make sure you got a Hershey candy bar and give it to her and uh, wish her uh, a belated happy Happy Mother's Day. That'll help me out a whole lot. All right. Uh, but anyway, so today um, we're going to talk about um, forgiveness, uh, forgiving one another is a statement, and um, um, and hopefully this will be a good one. You know, and and uh, we can. Uh, we can maybe go into depth a little bit. I've seen some of your questions, so uh, so we may uh, chase a rabbit every once in a while on this. But don't forget the 3 o'clock Zoom um, cast as well. Uh, uh, connect with us on Zoom, and we'll have a good time of prayer. And uh, But anyway, um, we're going to hear a greeting and a prayer from uh, Pastor Luis, and then uh, our friend Tiffany Wisecarver is joining us again today, uh, leading us in worship. Good morning, FCC family. Hope you're doing good with this uh, uh, pandemic. 
time and I hope you're staying safe at home. I hope you be washing your hands every day. Uh, you stay home, I mean, I know the order of protection of the order of stay home still, um, you know, you can go uh, to the restaurants or anywhere, but it's safe if you stay home. But uh, we will keep doing what we're doing every Sunday and Wednesdays uh, through Zoom. So you can join us uh, every Wednesday at 6, 6 p.m. and Sundays at 3 p.m. So God bless you all, and I hope I can see you soon. Uh, maybe we can... This month we'll go back to our building as usual on Sundays. I missed uh, putting stuff together in the mornings. Uh, not really, <laughs> but yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, just just join us on, on Zoom Sundays and Wednesdays. So God bless you. Now let me let me pray uh, before we start this Zoom. Father Celestial, gracias por tu amor, tu misericordia, Heavenly Father. Thanks for your love and your mercy. Te damos gracias por uh, darnos la oportunidad de estar aquí. We thank you for the great opportunity you gave us to be here uh, through Zoom. Y Señor, uh, queremos honorarte porque por medio de la tecnología podemos, Señor, aún así adorarte. And God, we want to honor you because uh, through this technology we can still worship you. Uh, te damos gracias, Cristo Jesús, por nuestros líderes. Uh, also, I want to thank you, Lord Jesus, for our leaders, for Pastor Kevin. Eh, que ha tomado, eh, Señor, la fuerza y se ha estado esforzando por, Señor, pues mantenernos juntos como, como iglesia y como familia. Uh, pray for Pastor Kevin, that he's been, uh, put a lot of effort, uh, just to keep us together as a family and as a church. Y Cristo Jesús, también oramos por la comunidad, Señor, que estamos saliendo a llevarles no solamente el mensaje de salvación, pero también llevarles la comunión, Señor. And also, Lord Jesus, I pray for our community that you have given us an opportunity to just walk by the neighborhood and, and uh, uh, not only bring them salvation, uh, hope of salvation, but uh, also to share with them communion. Cristo Jesús, uh, a través de esta reunión, eh, queremos decirte que tú eres nuestro Dios, tú eres nuestro Rey, y tú eres nuestro Señor. Lord Jesus, through this uh, uh, meeting, we just want to say that you are our Lord, you are our God, and you are our King. Uh, oramos en tu nombre, en el nombre de Cristo Jesús. We just pray in your name, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See
worship you, God. We pray that you would just be glorified. We give you all the honor, glory, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Well, I hope you enjoyed the time of worship, and thank you, Tiffany. Uh, we miss you. Um, all right. Forget yeah, this. I don't even want to. Part of me doesn't want to hear it, and then I'm like, ah, I do want to hear this. Like, I read through this. I'm going, but it's the quarantine. What else do I have to do? But fester over everybody that I don't want to That's forgive. It. That's it. Yeah. So this this should be an interesting discussion, and and just by way of review, you know, where we are. This is part four in the one another series, as you've already said. And um, the idea of this series was basically, you know, where we can't meet for church. We're we're in our homes. Um, we're having to do this through a recording. We're trying to Zoom. We're trying to stay connected. Uh, but what are some things we could do uh, uh, to help us grow spiritually during this time while we're distanced from each other so that when we come back together, we would say, hey, that was not wasted time. In fact, it was even a good time of growth. And that, and so, well, if we put these one another uh, statements into practice, which we can do from a distance, um, then that that's kind of the idea. And so we've looked at an introduction where we talked about the church in general, and then uh, love one another, encourage one another, and today, uh, forgive one another. And so that's our topic for today. But before we get started, kind of as you already said, not looking forward to it, um, I have a confession uh, to make. And that is, I, I, I really, you know, when I was thinking about doing this series, I thought, can I get around to forgive one another? You know, can I do, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of one another statements in the Bible. So we could go on for weeks. Sorry, without, I had to cut you without. Yeah. So we ran out of time. We're yeah. back meeting again. Da, da, da. And uh, but, you know, I knew I knew what God was saying. And so I wasn't really looking forward to this any more than you were, um, because what the Bible says about forgiveness is, is, uh, you know, not what the world says. Yeah. And it's not our human nature to forgive in the in the way that. Um, the way that the Bible tells us to forgive. And I know what the Bible says, and so I know I fall short of it. So it's like, man, I got to do this. And you know, um, this happens quite a bit. God, God's got a sense of humor um, where if I'm in a series or if I'm preparing a sermon for certain things, um, then I know that I'm going to be tested in those things that week. You know, And so like, you know, if I'm doing a series on marriage and the family, Misty and I are going to get into an argument. You know, and so then, uh, and so then when I when I go and talk about marriage and the family, I, I, I feel like a hypocrite because it's like, wait a minute, I don't know any of this stuff, and in a lot of ways, that that's kind of how I feel about this as well. I think next week we need to do a sermon on what happens if you have a financial windfall. <laughs> okay. All yeah. Right. So if a, if a million dollars just lands in your lap, what what do you do? Well, you know, to be... I, I wouldn't. Know, I've never had that happen. <laughs> yeah, so. I know. I know. But if, if history, history repeats itself, all right, God. <laughs> I got to yeah. teach on it. Yeah, I want to teach on it. So yeah. I, I got Should you. We... I, that went over my head it, a little bit. But that's all right. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I, I'm struggling with this too. Um, and uh, while God may forgive and forget, although I think there's another way to read that, um, but while we say God may forgive and forget, I know we don't. Yeah. It's very, very difficult to do that. And so forgiveness is the easy part. Um, but to actually do it and to do it the way the Bible says to do it, that's a whole nother, a whole nother topic. And so, as I've said before, once again, I'm preaching to myself uh, before I'm preaching to anyone else. And uh, we're all, we are all works in progress. And so part of forgiving is, is just extending grace to each other uh, as, there, as we're all trying to, uh, you know, as Paul says, work out our own salvation um, in these things. 
but anyway, so here's just kind of a, for, this is how I feel anyway. I'm just going to be vulnerable here. Here, uh, when I get hurt by the words and actions of of someone else, I retreat. I, I don't blow up. I like to tell people I've never lost my temper because I know where it is when I need it. <laughs> so I, so I know I know where to go get it. But but I've never blown up except maybe one time at the D, DMV um, when I was trying to get Cat her license. Uh, that that kind of went overboard a little bit, and then realized I had a Franklin Community Church hat on. So that was. <laughs> That was that was really bad, um, but most of the time I, I don't. I just retreat. Um, I retreat into my own personal cave, and, you know, to kind of lick my wounds and think about it and process it. And uh, but eventually I'll conclude. Uh, th- this is just the way I am. I'll conclude that it's really no big deal. You ever do that? I, I'm just going to get over it. It's no big deal. And the person hurting me, uh, or who hurt me, is really not that important to my life. You know, I, I kind of tell myself that. And, um, and so I'll convince myself that the other person is toxic and staying away from that person is what's best uh, for, uh, for me and my own mental, emotional, and spiritual health. You know, I, I tell myself this, and, uh, and then eventually I'll come out of my cave convinced uh, that the person really need, means nothing to me anymore and vow to never let that person know just how much they really hurt me. You know, maybe that's the tough guy thing in me. That's like, I don't want them to know. Um, you know, what, what all I did while I was in that cave uh, trying to get over it. Don't want them to know how deep the hurt was. And so I, I'll tell myself and I'll even tell the other person, I forgive you. But is that really forgiveness? You know, uh, acting that way. And, uh, and so that's kind of, as I was studying this week, you know, the, the, those are the things that were kind of uh, going on in my own mind. There's a Spanish story of a father and a son who had become estranged. And the son ran away and the father set off to find him and he searched for months, but to no avail, he couldn't find his son. And so finally, in a desperate effort to find him, the father put an ad in the Madrid newspaper uh, and the ad read, uh, Dear Paco, meet me in front of this newspaper office at noon on Saturday. All is forgiven, I love you, your father. And so on Saturday, 800 Pacos showed up looking for forgiveness and love from their father. You know, so I think we all know that we need to extend forgiveness and we all know that we need to be forgiven. Uh, but yet it's so hard to do. So I know the power of forgiveness. I've experienced the power of forgiveness. And I bet all of you have uh, know it and have experienced it as well. And so in spite of all that, we, we still have a hard time forgiving. And so it's not a head problem. We know what to do. It's a heart problem. We're just not willing to do it. But yet in spite of all that, the Bible says, and this is our key verse for today, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. That's really all that needs to be said today. Now, we're going to say a whole lot more, but, yeah. that's, but that's really it. And so the question becomes, am I, going to, am I going to believe God and his word and experience freedom in my life? Or am I going to satisfy my own human nature and harbor bitterness and resentment um, for the rest of my life? Uh, that's really the choice. We can do it God's way or we can do it our way. But there's freedom in the way God says to do it. And, and there's really prison. Uh, in the way that that we want to do it. We just imprison ourselves and can't move forward if we don't forgive. And so I've already mentioned, well, let me stop there before we move on. I don't want to 
Keep going if you've got a question no, or no, no. comment. Keep going. That's okay. right. So I've already mentioned Ephesians 4.31, uh, but as we did last week, I want to go back and just take a closer look at that verse to put it in some type of context, the entire letter to the church in Ephesians. And I think when we do this, then when, you read, when we go back and read that verse, 4.31, it, it becomes even more powerful. And so um, Paul wrote this letter uh, to the church in Ephesus, uh, which is modern-day Turkey, if I, if I remember my Bible atlas days. Um, so he wrote this letter to the church in Ephesus around 60, 61 A.D. Now, he died in 64 A.D., so he, um, he, he didn't die of old age. He, he was beheaded by, by Nero, Emperor Nero, but, but this is just a few years before his death. And, uh, and he wrote this letter from a Roman prison. Um, now, keep that in mind, because he's in prison, and he's talking about forgiveness. Um, and so that's important for us to realize. And basically his charge or what he was in prison for uh, was disturbing the peace, basically. Because again, we talked about this some last week. The Roman government didn't really care what you were teaching as long as you still said Caesar is Lord, Caesar is king. Uh, what, what else? You, you could believe whatever you wanted to, but you had to pay that, that tax to Caesar and you had to, uh, to, to give you know, your allegiance to him as well. But yet... When Paul moved into a town and he would go to a synagogue to start teaching, it would ruffle feathers and people would get upset. And, and just like in Jesus' day, it was mainly the Jewish leaders who then would get upset with what Paul was teaching. And then the Jewish leaders would go to the authorities and say, this guy's causing problems. Um, and, uh, and so he's disturbing the peace. He's starting a riot. He's saying that, that Jesus is Lord, not Caesar. And so that would get the Romans' attention. Um, and so he was arrested. And in a sense, he, he, was, he had prayed that, that he would go to Rome one day, and he had been prohibited to get to Rome. And so he's arrested. He's, he's under house arrest in Ephesus. He's in a dungeon sometimes, but also under house arrest. And he's waiting for two years for his trial to be set or for, his, for the court to listen to his side of the argument. So you know, two years for disturbing the peace. Um, and, and so near the end of that, he got a little bit frustrated. And so he went to the authorities, and he, he claimed um, he played his I'm a Roman citizen card. You know, they knew he was Jewish, but not every Jew was a Roman citizen. And so it, it, it'd be kind of like an immigrant in our country. They, they, they may get delayed a trial because they're an immigrant. They don't have the same rights uh, as a U.S. citizen. But if you say, I'm a U.S. citizen, all of a sudden, oh, we got to get you out of here. We got to get you, you know, where you need to go. And so Paul's doing the same thing. And so after a couple of years, tired, he says, I'm a Roman citizen. What you're doing to me is not fair. And when the local authorities heard he was a Roman citizen, and he demanded to be heard by Caesar, they sent him to Rome. Uh, and so that's how he ended up in Rome. So they sent him to Rome, and he was in prison in Rome when he wrote this particular uh, uh, letter. And uh, while he was in prison in Rome, he also wrote Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Uh, they're known as the prison epistles. Um, and, uh, and so, but this letter to, to Ephesus comes while he's in, in prison. And Paul refers to this experience when he writes Ephesus, Ephesians. For example, he says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus. And that's not metaphorical. He's saying he, he was really in prison. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, he says, as a prisoner of the Lord. And then in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 20, he says, for which I am an ambassador in chains. And so he, he, he's making it clear, or it's clear from the evidence that he is in prison while he's writing this. And so, but his letter, this is one of his... Uh, it's one of his most simple but yet most profound letters. Um, 
and his letter can it's six chapters long and it can be very easily divided in um in the three chapters now he didn't put chapters in them it was just a letter we did that we did that later but basically the first part of ephesians ephesians one through three is doctrinal and um and it has to do with our vertical relationship with god then in chapters four through six he turns to the practical aspect. So here's what you believe. Now here's how you live it out. And so it's the practical aspect, and it's our horizontal relationship uh, with each other. And so it is in this context where he's talking about living out your faith. This is, you know, here's what we believe. Christ came, he died for us, and all that. Now here's how you live that out um, when we get to chapter 4, verse 31, and he mentions that phrase, forgiving each other. But even then, we need to back up just a little bit, because note, I want you to notice what Paul writes before he says, forgive each other. All right. So if you have your Bibles and or your phone, there's, there's several passages of scripture out there. I meant to say this earlier, but, you know, take a moment, go get your Bible or get your phone ready, because we're going to look at a lot of it will be on the screen. But there's some that I'm going to read um, because it's too much to put on the screen. Um, but anyway, so in Ephesians chapter four. For example, beginning in verse 25, he says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully. So he's saying, quit lying to each other. Now, one thing we have to forgive is when people lie to us. You know, so he says, he says, put off the falsehood, speak truthfully to each other. And then in verse 26, he says, in your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. And we usually talk about that when we talk about marriage. You know, if you get angry at your spouse, don't go to bed angry. But in reality, Paul's not talking about marriage. He's just talking about as, as believers. Don't ever go to bed mad at somebody. Try to get it worked out first. You know, because then you go to bed mad, you wake up angry, and you forgot what it was that made you mad. You know, and so, and so we have to, so this idea, don't be angry, which means that we get angry with each other. All right, and in your anger, don't sin. Don't let the, the sun go down. Um, and then he says in verse 28, do something useful. <laughs> yeah, so quit being lazy. Yeah. Right, we got to make forgive. yourself useful, kid. <laughs> yeah, do something useful, um, and then he says uh, so that you can have something to share with those in need. And then he says in verse twenty-nine, "Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth." And so, as a as a follower of Jesus, it doesn't matter what the circumstance is. If you get so angry that you start profanity and using profanity and cussing the person out, it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. You're sinning in that moment, you know, because don't let anything unwholesome. Uh, come, come out of your mouth, but only what is pleasing uh, to God. But yet at the same time, what that means is there's going to be people who use unwholesome talk toward me, you know, and I have to forgive them. Yeah. And if I ever use unwholesome talk to somebody else, I need to go ask forgiveness. You know, because again, it doesn't matter what the issue was. It's like, no, no, you don't do that. As a follower of Christ, this is what you believe, and when you put it into practice, don't let that happen. And then in verse 31, and we'll come back to this in a in a little bit, um, but he 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 lists these things, and it's kind of a it's kind of a spiral if you read it. He's saying if you don't forgive at this point, then this will happen. If you don't stop it here, this will happen. If you don't stop it here, and so he says, get rid of all bitterness, right? And think now, think about this. He's telling us not to be bitter, but in the context, he's also saying we have to forgive people when they're bitter. Okay, so get rid of all bitterness rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And then he says in verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, 
And so basically in context, he's saying you have to forget anything that could have happened to us in a relationship. Um, Paul says in chapter four happens. And then he says, it's, but all that stuff doesn't matter. Forgive one another. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. And really, the key phrase in, chat, in, in uh, Ephesians 4, 32, I've been saying 31, but it's 32. The key phrase is not forgiving one another. The key phrase is, just as in Christ, God forgave you. That's the key phrase. You know, so I'm not to forgive somebody the way that I've been forgiven by somebody. I'm to forgive somebody the way Jesus has forgiven me. And so, you know, what does that mean? Well, but when I read those words, I immediately think of Jesus forgiving Peter after his betrayal. Uh, that's deep. You know, but Jesus forgave him and reinstated him. Um, I think of Jesus' words on the cross to those who were crucifying him, who, as far as we know, never placed their faith in him. You know, they were gambling for his clothes. He's hanging on the cross. He sees the soldiers gambling for his clothes. And he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Now, what? I'm to forgive like that? Yeah. You know, and then even his words to Peter, um, when he when he mentions um, you know, that here, here's what you do. If somebody uh, offends you, you go to them. And then if that doesn't work, you take two or three people with you. Then if that doesn't work, you bring them before the church. Uh, and then Peter asks, well, how many times am I to do this? And in that context, Jesus says seven times. But we know, in the, and, and I think it's in Matthew's story, the same event, he says 70 times seven. Which, and, and really, seven times is all he needed to say because the se seven is the universal eternal number. And so by saying seven times or 70 times seven, he wasn't saying seven times or whatever 70 times seven is by using that number saying he was basically saying this is for eternity you forgive them every time they ask you yeah and no matter how many times they ask you and so jesus's forgiveness uh, was compassionate full complete and unconditional and paul says we're to forgive others the way jesus forgave us and um, just to be quite honest, without the help of the Holy Spirit, uh, that, that's impossible. Yeah. Um, but yet, as followers of Jesus, that's what we're to live up to. We are to forgive, and we are, let, we, are, we are to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives so that we can forgive the same way Jesus forgave us. Well, when Jesus was on the cross, you know, that phrase, <clears throat> forgive them, for they know not what they do, that, that impacts me greatly. That, that level of empathy... Is something that we should all strive for. I don't know if we could ever get it, but like you said, the Holy Spirit is the only way we could any, get anywhere close. But if you really analyze, they don't know what they're doing. You can blow that off as, oh, they're just, they're oblivious, they don't know. Or you can you could really empathize and go, man, whatever has happened in their life, whatever has led up to this, they really don't understand what they're, what they're doing. Yeah. And uh, that... Yeah, it, it's deep, and this is why I didn't really, I wasn't looking forward to, to this, because it's like, I can't, you cannot escape. Like, like it's one thing to say, forgive each other. Yeah. Maybe we could get along with that one. But then adding, as Christ forgave you, and then thinking about what that means, it's like, goodness gracious. You know, it's like, we need to stop right now and repent. Lord, I'm not forgiving like that. You know, and so, Lord, help me 
to become like that, knowing that, you know, I may, I'm not going to reach perfection until Christ returns. But yet at the same time, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I don't strive for that. Yeah. You know, so Lord, help me to strive for that. Help me to get rid of my own bitterness and help me to strive for that. Knowing I may not ever reach it, but help me to strive for that type of forgiveness. And, you know, I think our lives would be a lot better if that's what we did, you know. But instead, we hold grudges and, and we, we don't forget. We keep a record of wrongs and we do all of that. Uh, but yet, forgive one another. Okay, I can do that. Just as Christ forgave you. Well, no, wait a minute. I don't know if I can do that or not. You know, but you can't. It's, it's the Bible. Either Jesus meant what he said or he didn't. E either the Bible is God's word or it's not. But you can't pick and choose in the Bible what, what you're going to live by and what you're going to believe and what you're not. Simply because, you know, you don't want to do that. So it's not a head problem. It's a heart problem. And so what I want to do by way of application is, is just look at some other scriptures, but just, you know, what do we do with this? So there's five takeaways. So five things I want you to remember, kind of five takeaways, something to dwell on and meditate on um, throughout the week. And the first one is this. Our willingness to forgive others is a sign that we have been forgiven. Uh, now, to me, all these are powerful. And again, I'm preaching to myself. But the willingness to forgive others as Christ forgave me is a sign that Christ has forgiven me. Jesus said at the end of the Lord's Prayer, this is Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, there are some things in the Bible, or there are some things that the Bible says that I wish it didn't say. Because that's the plain, simple meaning. Jesus says, if you don't forgive others, God's not going to forgive you. And so our willingness to forgive others is a sign then that, that we've been forgiven. Um, you say, yeah, but, but you don't really know what that other person is. You don't know how evil the other person is. You, you don't know that that person really doesn't deserve forgiveness. That's what we say, but the moment we say that, we should stop and think, oh, wait a minute. I didn't deserve God's forgiveness. I didn't deserve, um, you know, I was an enemy to him. You know, I, I, I turned my back on him. I've, I've rebelled against him. I've, I've talked bad about you know, all that stuff, but yet Jesus has forgiven us. God has forgiven us. And so our willingness to forgive others is a sign that we have been forgiven. The second thing I want you to remember, the second takeaway, is, is this. God is a God of reconciliation. And so we are to be people of reconciliation. I mean, really, the, the whole, one of the, one of the primary narratives of all of Scripture is that God is reconciling the world to himself through Jesus Christ. And um, right after Adam and Eve sinned, God immediately set in motion a plan for reconciliation. Uh, you see that in Genesis 3.15. It's called the Evangelium. It's the first evangelical statement where, where basically God is cursing the serpent and, and he basically says, look, um, the prophecy is you know, the, from this woman is going to come somebody and you, the serpent, you're going to bruise his heel. So you're going you're to harm him. You're going to make him suffer. But he's going to stomp your head, you know. And so this, this, and so immediately after they rebelled against him, God set in motion a place for reconciliation. And then 
All of Scripture teaches that. That's the whole thread of Scripture. Look at this verse that, you know, this is in Micah, and, and uh, a lot of us sometimes have a hard time finding where Micah is, right? We don't read a lot from Micah. Uh, but listen to this verse from Micah chapter 7, verses 18 and 19. The prophet says, Who is God like you? Who pardons sins and forgives the transgressions of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. Even in the Old Testament, this idea that God is a vengeful war God, it's not true. He always seeks reconciliation. But then he says, that's what we are to be. We are his children, and so we are to reconcile. Look at 2 Corinthians. You've got your Bibles or your phone. Turn to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I, I want to read this. There's some other verses I was going to read, but I've just skipped over them for time. Um, but we are called to be ministers of reconciliation. And that means um, reconciling people to God, but then also reconciling people to people. And so here's what, here's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And that's what makes us have the ability to do what he says. We're not, we're not the same old person we were. When we come to Christ, now we have the Holy Spirit. We are a new creation. And so it may seem impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So he says, we are a new creation. Uh, the old has gone, the new has come. Verse 18, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, so that's, you know, we're reconciled, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You know, so we've been reconciled so that we can be reconcilers. Uh, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sin against them. And that's part of that message. God doesn't count our sins against us. And he committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so God is a reconciling God. That's the whole point of the Bible is we have, we have sinned, we're separated from God, and God, through his grace, has reached out to us to reconcile us back to himself. And now he says we're to be reconcilers of one another. We've been reconciled to God. Now we take that message of reconciliation to other people. You can be reconciled to God, but also we can be reconciled um, to one another. And so um, God is a God of reconciliation. We're to be people of reconciliation. The third takeaway is that, and this, this is really a tough one. I mean, all of them have been tough, but this one's really tough. Forgiveness and reconciliation are always my responsibility. It's never, you know, and, and if we all say my, you get the idea. Mm. So it's my responsibility. When you're hurt, it's your responsibility. But it's always my responsibility 
to seek reconciliation. And so as followers of Jesus, we are never permitted to say, yeah, I'll forgive that person when they forgive me. Or if they don't forgive me, I'm not going to forgive them. Or I just need some space. Let me think about it for a while. I'll forgive you later, but I'm not ready right now. I just need some time. All those things, that's not an option for the follower of Jesus. We, we do not have that option. Our only option is to immediately forgive. Even if in the moment we don't feel like it, you know, in the moment we may just be saying the words because we're not really yet to own it. Um, but yet, and even if the other person doesn't ask for it, <clears throat> we're to forgive. You know, and it's one thing to forgive your friends, uh, but forgiving your enemies, that, that's superhuman strength, which only God can give. And so here's a story. During the Revolutionary War, a pastor named John Miller once learned that one of his greatest enemies was to be hanged for his crimes. So upon hearing this news, Miller set out on a 60-mile journey by foot to see General George Washington and intercede um, on this, on this man, for this man's life. <clears throat> My screen just went blank, so sorry about that. Um, and so he goes to General Washington, and he asks General Washington to um, uh, exonerate, exonerate this person. And General Washington, upon hearing the request, stated that he was sorry, but he could not step in and pardon Miller's friend. To which Miller said, friend, that man is my worst enemy. Well then, said Washington, that puts matters in a whole new light. So seeing the preacher's forgiveness for his staunchest enemy, the general signed the pardon, gave it to the pastor. The pastor walked another 15 miles and got there just as they were leading the man to the gallows that he had been exonerated. All because he was willing to forgive an uh, enemy. Because anybody can forgive a friend. But forgiving an enemy. And so you see, and as, as far as we know, the, the guy didn't ask the guy to do all that, right? You know, he probably didn't even know he was doing it. But you see, we are always to take the first step toward forgiveness and re reconciliation. Even if the other person never asked for it. It's not their responsibility to ask for our forgiveness. It's our responsibility to give the forgiveness whether or not they ask for it or not. You see, we're, we're to forgive. Uh, look at Matthew chapter 5. I told you we were going to read a few scriptures. So Matthew chapter 5. <clears throat> look, what, look what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. You have heard that it was said... To the people long ago, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. You know, so that's part of that. You've got to let it go. Anyone who says to his brother, Raka, which would be a cuss word, basically, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in the danger of the fires of hell. Therefore, get this, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, so if you're at church, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you. Notice the wording. It's not, I've got something against that brother, so I've got to go forgive him. Jesus says, if you know that your brother's got something against you, 
Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary uh, who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still with him on the way, or he may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison, and he goes on. But that idea of I am to seek reconciliation, this brother, maybe he's got something against me, and he hasn't tried to reconcile with me, and I'm completely innocent. At least that's the way I read it. He's just got it against me. I didn't really do anything. And Jesus says, no, 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 don't. Don't give me your money. Go reconcile. Then come back. So it's always our responsibility. And then Jesus says in Luke chapter 17, verse 3, So watch yourself. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And and if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day, seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. And so you need to open your Bible to this verse. I know it's on the screen, but I want you to notice that what's happening here. Jesus is talking about forgiving. He's, talk, he's, he's talking about how we are to forgive. It's our responsibility to forgive. And now he mentions a situation where somebody has done the same thing to you seven times in one day. And every time they ask you to forgive him, after a while, human nature is going to be, man, I'm not going to forgive you anymore. I'm not going to forgive you until I see a change of action. Right? You know, but Jesus says you forgive them anyway. And then notice that in verse 5, this is fascinating to me. In the very next verse, verse 5, after Jesus is talking about forgiveness, verse 5 says, The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. It's almost like they're saying, God, there ain't no way I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> what you're talking about, Lord, you're going to have to give me more faith in order to do that. Now, not one time did Jesus perform a miracle and the disciples said, give me that kind of faith. But forgiveness, they're saying, God, I, I, I got to have more faith if you want me to do that. I can't. I can't. You know, you want me to take that first step? I can't do it. Romans 12, 18 is a verse I like a lot, too. Because this is kind of the balance of it. We're to take this first step in forgiveness and reconciliation. Even the other person doesn't want it. But you know as well as I do, if you've lived long enough, you're going to do that. And you you. You build up and you're, I'm going to go and I'm going to forgive that person and talk to them and it's going to be great and we're going to be best friends. And then you go and you take that first step and they immediately just blast you back again. You know, and you're like, well, I'm not going to do that again. Right. And so this is kind of the balance of that. Paul says in Romans 12, 8, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And that's kind of, you know, you know what, I'm going to do this because this is what God wants me to do. If the other person doesn't accept it, okay. That's between them and God. It's, I've done my part. You know, so you don't keep going back into that abusive re- relationship or, or, you know, it's, it's, you know what, I'm going to forgive you. I want to reconcile. I want to work things out. But the other person says, I don't want to. Okay. As far as it's on me. Live at peace with everybody, which means there's sometimes that that's not going to be possible, you know, but you've done your part, basically. Because you see, you can't really control what the other person does. All you can do is control yourself. And so our willingness to forgive others is a sign that we've been forgiven. God is a God of reconciliation. And so we're to be people of reconciliation. 
Forgiveness and reconciliation are always my responsibility. And then fourth, the fourth takeaway, forgiveness is essential for your own relationship with God. And this is, this is, you know, I, I don't want to sound, I don't want to say that forgiveness is self-serving, uh, but really these last two takeaways are that <clears throat> I forgive not so much for the other person, but for my own well-being. You know, it really is what, what God's saying is. So I need to forgive you because forgiveness affects my relationship with God. We've already seen that and that, that God says, if you don't forgive people, I'm not going to forgive you. But it's much deeper than that. My relationship with other people has a direct effect for good or bad with my relationship to God. Now, why is that? Well, it's because God has called us to live in community. You know, and, we, and when we live in community, and I've used this illustration before, you know, we're like a bunch of porcupines on a cold night. We want to get close together so that we can keep each other warm. But the closer we get together, the more we barb each other with our quills. And so then we separate. But then we got to come back again because that's how we that's how we stay warm. But yet, you know, somebody's going to poke us <laughs> and then we and then we separate. And so we have to have this attitude of forgiveness, because while we may come to Christ as individuals, he has called us to live out our faith in community. And uh, and just living in community. Um, you know, people are, are going to be people. You know, there's there's a kind of an old saying that. Pastors tell themselves that, you know, being a pastor would be great if it wasn't for the people, you know, because that's just, but yet I'm a people, <laughs> you know, so that, that's just that, that. So we have to forgive because forgiveness affects our relationship with God. I had a professor in college say, you cannot be right with God and at odds with other people. So Mark, and you know, then the moment I say that, I go back to Romans 12, 8, as far as I'm concerned, if it's possible, I'm going to live at peace. But if the other person rejects it, then, it's, you know, uh, but I can't be right with God and unwilling uh, to seek reconciliation and forgiveness. Uh, basically, I think is what he's saying. And so Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verse 25, which is similar to what we've already seen. He says, and when you stand praying, so you're in church praying, if you hold anything against someone. So before he said, if they have it against you, but now he's saying, if you're praying and while you're praying, God points it out that you're harboring bitterness towards somebody, then um, stop your prayer, basically, and go to that person and seek forgiveness so that God will forgive you. You know, and that's, can you imagine that? We're in church and, and I, ask, I call on somebody to pray and right in the middle of the prayer, they stop <laughs> and they go to the other side of the church or they leave and <laughs> drive away because they got to go, you know, that would be powerful. Yeah. But he's like, look, and what Jesus is saying is that your relationship with other people is going to affect your relationship with, with God. And so we have to clear up our horizontal relationship so that we can have a, a better vertical relationship. And then fifth, um, forgiveness is for your own physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. And again, if you go back um, to Ephesians chapter 4, it's a down, it's a down, downward spiral beginning in, in um, and really in verse 25, but then especially in verse 21 where he says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger. And basically one thing leads to another and it's worse and it's worse, you know? And so get rid of those things. Um, and then he says, forgive. 
you know, because if we don't forget, and basically you can reverse that. If I, I can be the most loving person in the world, but if I refuse to forgive somebody over time, I'm going to become angry, bitter, rageful, uh, slander, all those things that Paul says. So I got to get rid of that. And the way to get rid of that is to forgive, not, not carry it with you. Uh, someone wisely said that harboring unforgiveness and bitterness is like drinking poison, thinking that it's going to harm the other person. All it does is harm yourself. Now, and so we are to forgive because of our own well-being. Now, that doesn't mean that you stay in an abusive or toxic relationship. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean that at all. Uh, you can still forgive while letting go. And if you think about it, I mean, consider this. People, you know, sometimes we say God doesn't send people to hell. They go there because they refuse to repent. Uh, but regardless of that, Jesus, through Jesus, God has made forgiveness available to everybody. But he's not out there beating you on the head trying to get you to repent. It's almost like, you know, Jesus saying, look, or, or God is saying, look, this is what you need to do. If you don't want to do it, okay, as far as it's possible with me, I'm living at peace with everybody. You know, and so that's kind of the idea. I'm not going to continually put myself in abusive or in a toxic relationship where I'm demeaned and, and either physically abused or emotionally abused or verbally abused or, or where I'm demeaned and, and, uh, and people treat me, um, you know, like, like I'm not worth anything. No. But even if, I, even if I choose to separate myself from that person because of toxicity, I still forgive that person. You know, because really... The only way you can move forward into your future is to forgive your past. You know, and, and, and if, if you let that other person control you, or we would say live in your head because you haven't forgiven them, then you can't move forward, and, and, and it's going to harm all your other relationships over time. And so for my own emotional health, my own physical health, because you know, bitterness can lead to, it can affect you physically, my, my own spiritual health, I am going to forgive you because I need to forgive you so that I can can grow and be a better and be a better person. You know, but that doesn't mean that we immediately, you know, let that person back into our life and we act like it never happened. And here's the thing. The Bible says that God throws our sins into the sea of forgetfulness and remembers them no more. Now, we have to remember that's a psalm, which means that it's a poem, which means that that you don't really take that literally. You know, it's symbolic. That God and and I've got a story of diving in Bimini and, and over the wall. If you've ever been there, where you know it's about 130 feet. The, the this wall, the Bimini wall, starts at around 80 feet and it goes to 130 feet, and then it's a cliff that drops down to 2,000 feet. So it's pitch black, you know. And I remember when I dove. I've only dove that wall one time, but I can still remember it vividly because I I remember thinking that's where my sins are, right? The sea of forgetfulness. But what that means is that God doesn't hold it against us anymore. Because here's the thing. If you can't, like, if, if you can't remember your, like, if you can't forget your sins, and God forgets your sins, literally, that means you know something God doesn't know, which we know is impossible. God knows everything. And so the idea of God casting them to the sea of forgetfulness or casting them as far as the east is from the west means that he doesn't hold it up to us. God's never going to come back to you and say, you know what, I forgave you that last week. Sorry, I'm not going to do it again. So every time you go back to God in repentance, it's as if you had never done that before. 
and the forgiveness is fresh and the forgiveness is new. And then he says, we're to forgive other people that way. So we're not to, it's not that we're just going to forget it and act like it never happened because that's an impossibility. But what it means is if somebody asks us for forgiveness and we forgive them, we're not going to hold that against them anymore, you know, which is tough. And then the next time they do the same thing, we're not going to say, you know, that's the 20th time you've done that. No, it's the first time they've done that because you forgave the rest. You know, and the reconciliation starts over again. And so for my own physical health, my own mental well-being, my own spiritual condition, there may be some times where I forgive somebody, uh, but then there's a, a time of separation uh, so that we can both heal emotionally and mentally and physically and spiritually. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. you know, so, so, so we forgive each other. Um, so you can forgive while letting go. And the very reason you do forgive is so that you can move forward and not live in the past. And, and here's some, some verses. Colossians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And then Proverbs 17, 9. He who covers over an offense promotes love. But whoever repeats the matter, in other words, um, whoever wants to try to get even, because I think you know, sometimes when we read that verse, I think it means, okay, we're going to promote an offense, but if that person keeps doing it over and over again, then that separates us. But I'm not sure if that's what it means because he's talking about what I need to do. And so it says, I got to cover over an offense, and if I want to do the same thing to that person that that person has done to me, I think that's the idea of repeating the matter. You did this to me, now I'm going to do it to you. Whereas the Bible says, you cover over that offense, uh, but if you repeat it, then you separate close friends. You know, and I think we, we can all think of examples of that. So here's a review. Um, here are the five takeaways. Our willingness to forgive others is a sign that we've been forgiven. God is a God of reconciliation, so we are to be people of reconciliation. Forgiveness and reconciliation are always my responsibility. Forgiveness is essential for my own relationship with God, and forgiveness is for our own physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. And again, I'm preaching to myself before I'm preaching to anybody else. Any comments? Oh, tons. We could be here for another couple hours. This is one of those topics that uh, it just... You know, everybody, everybody, everybody has personal experience with it. So we all have some moment where we go, all right, this is where forgiveness was withheld from me or where I withheld it from somebody else or I did wrong and I didn't go, you know, to ask for forgiveness or vice versa. I think in this process, I've, I'm trying to wrap my brain around all of this. And correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong here in error in thinking, but it seems like forgiveness I almost want to delete the word forgave, the past tense of it, because it seems like it's almost always a consistent present tense process going through. So, because I, because I know I, I've had times where I'm like, oh man, I thought I forgave that person, or I thought I thought I, and and I think I was wrong in that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like no, no, I, I did that day, I did, and and today, and right now, I need to do it right now and it's a continual process so the initial forgiveness comes without the other person's participation 
you know, willing or not. It's just, no, I'm going to choose to forgive. Mm -hmm. And then along that continuum, if that person comes to you in repentance and asks to forgive, in that moment, I will forgive. If they don't, I will forgive. And it always continues on that way. And because I just kind of try to look at it from a practical, like, how does it really feel? We've got our theoretical and we've got our expectation of what, of what God wants us, how he wants us to behave. And I go, all right, how do we actually live that out? Because we're not Jesus and we have to rely on the Holy Spirit and we're going to fall short and we're going to make mistakes. So, yeah, no, I think you I think you've said it correctly. Now, I'd have to go back to my, my Greek days, which is long, long time ago. Uh, and see what the what the verb forgive when Paul says forgive each other. What the verb is, what tense it is. Yeah. Uh, but in the new but in the New Testament, um, the verb tense for when it says you're saved, you know, confess the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. Yeah. The verb tense literally means uh, you are saved, you are being saved, you will be saved. Mm -hmm. And so it's a one time event that has a future. And so and so what I'm getting at is even if not the verb tense, the way to look at forgiveness is that same way. Uh, I have been forgiven, I will. I, I am forgiven, and I will be forgiven. So past, present, and future. Yeah. And then when I extend forgiveness, I forgave, I am I am forgiving, and I will be forgiving. You know, because I think that, that is a good way to look at it, that, uh, that it, it's a process. It's not a one-and-done deal. You know, because you can, if, if the deepest, if the wound is deep, you know, you got to rebandage it several times, right? Yeah. You know, the wound is deep. Uh, you, you know, and so okay, yes, I'm choosing. And and one thing that you said is that it is a choice. I am choosing to forgive you, and so I can choose to forgive you because this is what the Bible says, even though I may not feel like doing it, and then the feelings will come later. Yeah. But what we don't want to do is we don't want to say, uh, you know, because we know we want to. We don't want to say, I forgive you, or uh, I'm sorry, because then the person will say, well, that's not genuine. That's, I, know, I know you didn't really mean it back then. And it's like, well, you know what? To the best of my ability, I meant it. Yeah. The feelings aren't there yet. I'm still angry. I'm still hurt. I'm still, uh, but it's an act of the will. It's like love. It's an act of the will. You do it because God says to do it, and then the feelings will come later uh, from that. So I, to me, that's, that's the best way to look at it. I'm going to forgive you, and then I'm going to forgive you again, you know, and for my own sake. Because it, it is a working process. So I forgave, I forgive, and I'm forgiving. I think it, yeah, instead of viewing it as an event that happened, it's this ongoing event. So for me, in my mind, I'm just trying to change my expectations of, all right, so even when I have those moments where I slip back and, you know, I, I picture the car crash that they die in, <laughs> let's just say, uh, then I have to go, oh, okay, that's, I'm slipping back. No, I, I need to. Because I was I was peaceful two weeks ago, and then this happened. Oh, I'm now, so I, I got to be easier on myself to go. No, this is this is what it looks like. This is what forgiveness forgiveness actually looks like. Is it's continual and it's evolving and it's deeper and deeper and deeper. Hopefully, by the you know probably not before we're standing before God, does it ever reach that full point of, oh man, I don't even I didn't even scratch the surface on how deep I could have forgiven somebody yeah. and empathized and loved them but yeah i don't know it's yeah. well let me tell you a story this is um it, this could get a little emotional but it, it's it's uh to me it's the it's the epitome of forgiveness um at least that i've ex that i have experienced it didn't happen to me personally 
but that I have experienced uh, through other people that um, that really just summarizes it. And the last year, uh, we're coming up on almost a year, but last year a friend of mine on death row, Donnie, Donnie was, um, was executed. And um, he killed, and he admitted to it, he killed um, his wife a um, long time ago. And when he killed his wife, um, they had, he had a stepdaughter who was about seven years old at the time. And so he kills his wife, he goes to death row, and then the stepdaughter uh, grows up. You know, she was like seven, I think. Um, she grows up without a mom, so the mom's not there to, you think of all the big events in a, in a girl's life. The mom's not there for any of that. And so she harbors this anger and this bitterness and this resentment toward her stepdad, which I think all of us would say is probably justified, right? I mean, you know, yeah. you killed his mom. And so in her 30s, so, you know, uh, 20 some odd years later, she decides that she wants to reach out to Donnie and go and talk to him and let him have it, really. She wanted to see him face to face and spew all this venom and hatred and anger that she'd been having in her heart toward him. So they set up and Donnie was willing to do that. And, uh, but something happened when they got together in the room after she let it all out, you know, and sometimes that's all you need is this emotional response. She let it all out. Um, she realized that the only way forward was to forgive and to try to reconcile with her stepdad who had killed her mom. And so she started visiting with him. Uh, she started, um, you know, corresponding with him with letters, and she forgave him. And I remember, I remember one time I was visiting with Donnie, and he couldn't wait to show me a letter that she had written him. And this all happened within the last two or three years of Donnie's life, so, you know, all this time. Um, and, this, and so he showed me this letter, and this letter was unbelievable as far as the amount of forgiveness that she was expressing toward Donnie and, and how much she loved him. You know, it, it was just really unreal. And a lot of times when guys show me that stuff like that, I say, can I take this? I want to put it on my blog site and I'll bring it back to you. And Donnie was like, no, no, I don't want anybody to see this. Because yeah. I thought, really, I thought he would release it to the paper, you know, when it got close to his death. But no, he never did. He kept it. He didn't want, it was that personal. Yeah. And so it was an honor that he let me read it. But it was no one needs this but me, right? This incredible letter of forgiveness. So then she became his biggest advocate, trying to appeal for the state to show him mercy. And she wrote an editorial um, in the local paper here in, here in Tennessee. And basically the editorial was, I spent years living under this death penalty thinking it would make me feel better. It didn't. It's forgiveness that's caused me to feel better. Um, you know, because what happened is she sat down with him, and a lot of times when they would meet, she would ask him questions about her mom. And so here is the guy who knew her. So she, he was filling in all these gaps about her mom, you know, because she didn't have a chance to get to know all that, you know. And so then she, so then she said in the letter, basically, is that Donnie is my connection to my mom. If you kill him. It will not be justice. It will be killing my mom again. Now, the courts didn't listen to her. <laughs> the governor didn't listen to her. Um, Donnie in prison had become an elder in his church. Uh, he, For years, he did a Bible study on the radio. 
um, they would record it and put it on the radio. And none of that excuses what he did. It just shows you how God's grace and mercy and his forgiveness can work even in the most horrible circumstance. Okay. So then, so they execute Donnie. And while they're killing him with the drugs, he's saying, soon and very soon, I'm going to see the king. It impacted the guards who were in the room with him. Because here's this guy who had been forgiven by God, received forgiveness from his stepmom or stepdaughter so he could die in peace. That's forgiveness. You know, now, the other side of that story is there was another child involved who still has bitterness. And, and you could really compare, this is what happens when you forgive. And this is what happens when you don't forgive. You know, and so forgive. Now, why did she, why did she forgive him? Well, it was really for her own benefit. Because through forgiving him, she got to know her mom better because of the stories that he would tell her. You see, now I don't know what all happened or what caused him to get to that point. And it really doesn't matter. He did what he did. and He paid the ultimate price for it. Um, but you can see how this forgiveness, this, this anger and, and resentment that she held for years was destroying her. And then the forgiveness of the unthinkable and gave her life. But it not only gave her life, it gave him life. You know, because he was, well, he, he was, after he showed me that letter, and, and he'd only had the letter about a week when he showed it to me, right, there was a marked difference in him of how he was facing what he was facing. It was like, I can do this now. You know, so that's forgiveness. Uh, but anyway, I, I sent out, um, I sent out on Facebook again some things, you know, what can we do to forgive? And um, I only got a few responses, uh, which I think shows it. I got lots of responses for how do we love one another? How do we encourage one another? But then it was, how do we love, how do we forgive one another? And, uh, uh, and, and there were very few responses, but let me just quickly read. And then you, 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 had, you saw, you came up with something or something you read that I want you to read before we wrap this up. Um, Here's what one person said. I'm just going to read this word for word. Engage in conflict. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't like that. Engage in conflict after emotions have settled down for both sides. Uh, and talk about the elephant in the room. Forgiveness is valuing the relationship, understanding there's a disconnect, and saying, I want to begin the healing process with honest and open exchange of feelings. And someone else says, sometimes forgiveness means we care enough about the other person and ourselves to walk away and thereby do less harm. And that's kind of a good way to put it. And then the only other response, this is a summary of it, was something like this, and, and I think this is really true. Don't be so easily offended. So maybe the first step in forgiveness is not being offended. You know, Don't take it personal. Don't be so easily offended. Uh, remember that no one can hurt your feelings without your permission. I like that. Really, they can't. The only reason a person hurt my feelings is because I let them. You know, so the forgiveness starts by not getting offended so easily. Um, but anyway, that's, that was the only three I got, you know, uh, of uh, how do we forgive. But, but yeah. read what you found. I think, <clears throat> I think your point is on about the reason that the response was so minimal. I don't think a lot of us know 
really practically how to forgive. We know we should. We know the benefits necessarily, you know, of it or the consequences if we don't. But how do we actually go about doing it? And it, I'm sure it looks different for everybody. We're all forgiving different offenses. And um, I don't know. I, I went and did a little bit of research on online and tried to find some from a psychological, clinical standpoint as well as from a spiritual, religious standpoint. Like, all right, because yeah, as believers, we're called to a, a, a greater level of forgiveness because we understand and have received a greater, greater level of forgiveness. But uh, the first one that hit me is that forgive yourself on how we're probably the, the hardest on ourselves. And if we can't forgive ourselves, it makes it really hard to, to forgive other people. Yeah, you know, true. love yourself, forgive yourself, the same, same concept. Uh, this, this person, Robert Enright, is, was who kind of laid out these. If you Google him, you can kind of look at up. But they, I thought some were good. One was address your inner pain. Um, and I think that kind of ties in with what you're saying about uh, don't get so offended. Mm -hmm. Well, we might need to understand why we get mm -hmm. so offended and explore, like, all right, what, what happened to me younger or in the past or in my last relationship, whatever it is that's causing me to react in such a way. doesn't excuse the other person's behavior, but it's understanding my reaction to it and my unwillingness. Um, another one was develop a forgiving mind through empathy, which we've kind of touched on, but that ability to, to even see, you know, for, for Donnie's stepdaughter to kind of, I'm, I'm just imagining she had to have some level of empathy towards him to be able to forgive that and understand, man, I, you took the life of somebody that I love dearly, yet I can empathize how you got there, why it happened. And, um, this one was become forgivingly fit, which was about exercising your forgiveness okay. muscle. And I thought that that, that kind of does, that makes sense to me. Because you don't, you don't start off you know, bench pressing 600 pounds. Mm -hmm. You start off by doing a little bit of weight, a little bit of weight, a little bit of weight. And just day by day by day, the little bit of forgiveness on all of that. Um, don't honk your horn when someone cuts you off on the road. Don't get mad at the DMV. <laughs> I'm guilty. Guilty. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty on all of this. Um, and then the last one that he brought up, pointed out was surround yourself with people um, and voices that encourage the forgiveness instead of reinforcing the resentment. So yeah. it's like, who do you go to? Are there, is it a bunch of people that are like, yeah, yeah, stick it to him. Yeah, yeah. Or is it people that are like, you really got to find forgiveness in this. You got to find some peace. Like, all right, what? You know, yeah. how can we? How can we do this? Um, I mean, the the Donnie story is just hitting me really hard on this. And I think, realistically, if we if we believe Jesus for His words, and and He said, you know, yeah, there's people that that murder in this world, but if you have murder in your heart, mm -hmm. it is no different. And Full disclosure here, I spiritually, I, sh I should be sitting on death row. If I were to look at, in my life, the and in just look at the last week, the thoughts that I've had in the last week, I have committed mental crimes punishable by death. And, and I'm no different, really, than, I'm no different than Donnie. And that... That is convicting, yeah. And the fact that I'm forgiven for 
what you know what I can justify as all oh, is just a it's just a thought or it's just yeah but <laughs> years ago um, in ministry long long time ago when I maybe my first round of receiving some unbelievable criticism um, I developed this habit in my mind that may not make any sense to anybody but when when somebody is is sitting across from me or standing across from me and they're basically telling me I'm a no good worthless whatever you know I'm the the worst person they've ever met I'm horrible I shouldn't be in ministry da 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 you know and and try not to take that personal um, when it is personal you know but trying not to I developed a, a technique in my mind where I, I basically say to myself if you only knew what I was thinking right now I'm far worse than what you're saying I am <laughs> yeah. you know so what you're saying about me you nowhere near <laughs> yeah you know the heart is deceptively evil above all things who can know it and so in my heart in my mind I'm I'm visualizing that car crash or or you know or something bad happening to that person yeah uh, which is what Jesus says that that's that's like killing somebody yeah you know and so that's just kind of kind of a funny way I'm listening to them I'm mind on going if you only if you could only read my mind right now yeah you'd realize I'm a whole you're lot worse the surface <laughs> you're just scratching the surface of what I'm what I'm really like so yeah you know but yeah it's it's uh again that's what for me it's, it's forgiveness you know so if you're watching this with anybody turn to the person you're walking with and, and tell them I forgive you for not being forgiven <laughs> you know or for not being forgiving yeah. I forgive you okay. for not being forgiving you know so let, uh, you know and then just tell yourself you know I forgive myself for not being forgiving and uh, and then ask God to help you and that's kind of how this prayer of commitment works so don't forget our three o'clock zoom uh, today and uh, let me read this prayer of commitment and uh, and then we'll be done our most gracious merciful and loving father forgive us for not being forgiving to others Lord, we repent of our sin of unforgiveness. We ask you to heal us of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Help us to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other in the same way you have forgiven us through Jesus Christ. Father, bring people to our minds that we need to seek reconciliation with and help us take that first step. Lord, strengthen us. Help us to be ambassadors of reconciliation. And Father, as we seek forgiveness and reconciliation, heal us physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, your instrument and sacrifice of forgiveness and reconciliation. Amen. Bloods of Justice podcast looks at the issues of our day from a biblical perspective without the labels. Join the conversation online at floodsofjustice.com or find the Reverend Dr. Kevin Riggs on Twitter at Riggs underscore Kevin.